Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking how to be your true self and stay noisy with the Satellite Sisters. And I ask Shauna, am I saving enough?
Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. I am so excited for today's podcast. I can barely contain myself, but before we get to the meat of this podcast, we've got another Ask Shauna question. This is a great one from Praveen. I hope I'm saying your name right. If I'm not, please forgive me. And the question is, hi, Shauna. I've been listening to your Millennial Money podcast since December, and I really love it and find it interesting. I'm wondering... If it's enough to put 3% of my pay into the company's 401k, my company matches 3%, or if I should bump it up to 5%. My gross pay is around $2,300 per month after taxes. I take home about $1,800. I get paid monthly. Please let me know. Thanks, and I love your podcast. Please keep the episodes coming. I love this question because I think it's something that we all struggle with, you know, that, that balance of am I saving enough? Am I making the right decisions? Should I be putting more money in? Should I be putting money towards other goals? And, you know, while again, as with most things we're going to talk about in the Ask Shauna questions is there's a lot of gray area when it comes to personal finance because it's personal. The word is in the name and it's really, you know, up to you and and up to what you feel comfortable with and what you think is right for your situation right now, but also for your goals in the future. But here's some food for thought. And I love that you're challenging yourself to save more and that you're even asking that question, you know, should I be saving more? Because I think that's a really good, healthy place to be at because, you know, you're you're at the point where you're really wanting to be smart with your money. You know, I'm always talking about on this podcast about being the CEO of your finances and thinking about things like that are really what I mean by being the CEO. You know, you're contemplating these different these different uh, choices that you have. And they are, they're choices, right? At the end of the day, there's not necessarily a good or bad choice. There's just two choices. But I would say of that $1,800 that you say you take home, you know, how much of that is eaten up by expenses, either the stuff that you have to pay or the fun stuff that you like to do with your money, like your variable expenses. So the starting point for anybody who's interested in this question is, you know, of the money that you take home after taxes, where is that money going? How much of that is being eaten up by all of these other expenses that you either have to pay or the stuff that you like to do? Another question I would ask yourself is, have you seen any increase in your paycheck in February or a recent paycheck from the new tax bill? Are you seeing, even if it's only, you know, 20, 30, 40 bucks, whatever it may be, have you seen any increase in your paycheck? Another question is, you know, are you expecting a pay increase this year with your annual review? If you have an annual review, You know, there are a lot of companies these days where you'll have an annual review and they'll be like, sorry, you're not getting any raise, you know, and you kind of leave and you're like, wait a minute, I just did a really good job for the company and I potentially made a lot of money for the company, but I'm not getting a raise. That pretty much sucks. That's a bad day, right? We're having a bad day when that happens. But uh, hopefully you're at a company where you're releasing some sort of increase, even if it's one or two or three percent. So that's another question I would ask. And I'm a huge fan of putting as much as you can into your 401k without sacrificing your other goals. 
you know, whether they're savings goals or paying off debt goals or just simply living goals, whatever those goals are, as long as you're not sacrificing those goals, you know, I'm just a big fan of put the most that you can in your 401k. It certainly was a decision that I made very, very early on in my working career in my early 20s. And it was such a huge benefit for me personally when I went through a divorce to be able to have that chunk of money to be able to deal with, if you will, in the divorce. It was kind of like a negotiating chip. And that might sound like a really weird thing for somebody to say, but it was a pot of money that gave options. And if I didn't have that pot of money, I wouldn't have had as many options. So it was a really good thing. Now, the downside of that is that I had to give away all that money. So hopefully that's not your story. But I do like to, you know, always be honest about my own story here when I'm when I'm sharing these things. But you know, if you're thinking about going up to to 5%, you could consider going to 4% for say, you know, one to three, maybe even six months and just see how that feels in your paycheck. And then, you know, continually challenging yourself to bump up another percentage point. I have found when you do these small incremental bump ups in contributions towards your retirement, you don't feel it as much, you know? So if bumping up to 4% is the equivalent of, I don't know, maybe, you know, 20 or $25 in your paycheck, it's not something that's going to make you jump, right? You're not going to get suddenly scared when you see that paycheck and you're going to feel, you know, a lot of times we feel like there's so much money missing. But when you make these small, like, incremental jumps, your your mental framework, you know, the way you think about money, it's like, oh, okay, well, that was only, you know, 20 bucks or whatever it may be. And, you know, it's not a big deal. And, you know, we have to almost like reprogram our brains that while it's a deduction from your paycheck, it is an increase in your pot of money, hopefully that is growing for the future. So it's just a little shift in your brain. But, you know, if you got a raise in your paycheck or if your paycheck has grown by the new tax bill, you might think about putting that equivalent amount into your retirement just to kind of balance out tax-wise and also just you've got more money. So why not, you know, save more money? And another thing, you know, this is just kind of a side note, but you're going to want to make sure you're invested properly in your money that's going in the 401k and you don't have money in funds, in mutual funds or stocks, whatever you may have in your portfolio with excessive fees. And normally that's really these days, anything over, you know, one to one and a half percent for a fund, you can easily find all that information out in your 401k, the list of funds. And I just did a rough calculation on Fidelity's 401k calculator tool. I'll put the link in the show notes. And if we're just roughly using the numbers that you gave me, it would show your annual contribution increasing by $556 roughly. That's over a year if you went from 3% to 5%, which if we take that and we divide it by the 12 pay periods, it's really only around $46 a pay period. You know, something where, again, you're not going to feel discouraged or frustrated that you upped your contribution percentage. You're going to know there's a little bit extra money gone, but again, it's going towards building up your retirement fund. So, you know, 5% feels a little uh, a little skittish, it makes you a little scared. You know, just do these gradual bumps up, you know, and, and then once you get to 5%, continue to challenge yourself to bump up another percent. You know, some people like to do it every six months or maybe every year and just keep challenging yourself to contribute as much as you can, again, without sacrificing 
what you need to actually live, what you need for your goals or debt payoff or anything like that. But that's such a great question. And I'm sure that there are a lot of listeners that can relate to that type of question because I think we all struggle with, well, how much should I actually contribute? You know, am I saving too much? Am I not saving enough? You know, there's a lot of gray areas. So I just come back to the personal part of personal finance. And, you know, you just have to ask yourself some questions and make sure that, uh, you know, you feel comfortable with your, with your decision. And what's the worst case scenario? You go up to 5% and it doesn't feel comfy and you come back down? I mean, it's not that bad when we're considering worst case scenarios, right? So thank you so much for sending that question in. And I cannot wait to bring you today's podcast. I had the distinct pleasure to sit down with Liz and Lee and Dolan from the Satellite Sisters podcast in the Wondery Studios. This was like state-of-the-art podcast interview situation going on here. Um, I felt like a serious radio pro doing this interview. It was fantastic. And I have, you know, like daydreams in my head of one day when we can bring, bring millennial money to, you know, that kind of level and be able to have access to studios like that. But nonetheless, I digress. So if you don't know about the Satellite Sisters podcast, you should. It's an award-winning talk show for women that was created by real sisters that have very different lives. It's hosted by Leanne Dolan, Liz Dolan, and their sister Julie Dolan, who are the Satellite Sisters, and they capture issues of daily life around all sorts of topics, friendship, health, wellness, pop culture, parenting, you name it, they talk about it on the Satellite Sisters, and they do such a brilliant job of weaving together serious topics and silly things to really form this strong community that I think it spans across all different generations. You know, they have young listeners, they have older listeners, and I really think it's because they bring all of their expertise from life, from career into this podcast, and each episode is just jam-packed with goodies. I was just recently on their podcast. I'll link that in the show notes so you can check out me on their podcast, talking a little bit more about my background and my life. But even just on that podcast, we talked about the recent school shooting in Texas, and we talked about Liz's new dog, and we talked about millennial money. So there was this wide range of topics. But what I love is that their motto is to stay noisy, to speak up about life and current events and to have a voice. And I think this is so much needed in society, especially with women, but really with everybody listening to this podcast is not to be afraid to have an opinion, not be afraid to speak up, you know, not in a way that is demeaning to other people, but in a way where you're really honoring who you are and what your talents and your gifts are. And I asked them a question about trailblazing and I loved their response. They told me, you know what? Forget trailblazing. It's really about learning how to be your true self in all areas of life. And I think that's such a great It's just such a great statement to make. And I know it's something that I've struggled with a lot in my life is finding out really what my true self is. What are my true talents? What is my path? What is my lane? And I think for some of us, maybe you're a lot like me. It takes a lot of trial and error to figure that out. And I don't know, maybe you never really figure it out, but I think it's always a journey to work towards. 
So we're talking about that. We're talking about their own money stories, the struggles and the successes, and a lot of other great goodies in this episode. So I'm having a bit of a fangirl moment here. I'm sitting with Liz and Leon Dolan from the Satellite Sisters, and you have a mighty force of sisters on your podcast. Tell me, how did Satellite Sisters come about? Wow. It was a long time ago. We've been podcasting for 10 years. This is Liz talking now. We've been podcasting for 10 years, but we were on the radio for eight years before that. And it started because we really listened to a lot of radio and thought, how come nothing sounds the way women sound when we talk to each other? You know, it's like this, what we call the sound of friendship, Shauna. It's like so much of what you hear on the radio back in the day was just like people yelling about stuff. And we're like, you know what? <laughs> you could talk about a very wide range of subjects from like breaking news to difficult things to, you know, what to wear to an ex-boyfriend's wedding, right? And you could do that in a fun way um, on Satellite Sisters. So that's what we set out to do. So Leon and I, um, um, are here in Los Angeles. Our sister Julie is in Dallas. And now it's the three of us that do the Satellite Sisters podcast uh, every Tuesday. And a lot of events and books and other things, right? right. Yeah, we have a, it's a small multimedia empire that we <laughs> I like that we've created. So, yeah, we've written a couple of books of essays. We do live events. Uh, we developed for TV for a while. That went nowhere, but it was, it was <laughs> we had some super lasted. exciting meetings in Hollywood. Yes. Uh, yeah. But we didn't want to be on TV. Right. See, here was the deal, Shauna. We wanted fictional, younger, more attractive versions of ourselves on scripted television. Right. So, you know, that's a little harder to pull off, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So you guys talk about so many different topics on your podcast. What have been some of your favorites? Just take it since the new year. Oh, since the new year. Um, you know, I, I well... You know, there's specifics like, oh, we super enjoy talking about the Olympics. We like talking about books. Our sister Julie is really up on international news, so she fills us in on all kinds of things. But I think in general, the things that people respond to are usually the smaller things. You know, so Liz is adopting a dog. Mm -hmm. People really, really care about Liz they and do. her dog, and they want to know everything about it and how's it going. They and post pictures of their own dog yeah. in our Facebook group, you know, social media really adds a lot to the conversation for Satellite Sisters. So there's that. Right. So I think it always comes back to, uh, on Satellite Sisters, that sense of connection that, you know, people have been listening to us for 17 years now. And that's extraordinary. Uh, we we have next generation listeners, uh, you know, kids who grew up in the backseat of cars listening to us. That's why we always keep it clean. Shauna. Yes. That, <laughs> because, you know, you, you never, never know, know whose five-year-old is listening in the back and they're now 20 and they listen to us and they connect with us on social media. So I think anything that's sort of multi-generational and applies across the spectrum, those are always the fun things to talk about. Yeah. It's like if you asked yourself, when you get together with your friends, what do you talk about and how do you talk about it? You touch on serious things. And then you touch on silly things. And we try to do both of those. Yeah. Do you think that's, you know, I've found that with Millennial Money, but do you think that's really a facet of podcasting that, that has opened this market where people can really talk about all sorts of different issues and they don't have to have a big radio show, but, you know, they can create a community around a subject they're really passionate about? I think it's amazing. You know, what used to be this very strictly controlled pipeline of getting on the air, 
on a radio show and fitting into a niche on a certain station, which is very, very hard to do, mm-hmm. uh, has now been blown wide open. And anyone with a passion and an interest can set up a mic and a laptop and create a show. That's revolutionary. I think it's fantastic. You know, we always thought at Satellite Sisters there should be more women's voices on the air. It's why we started the radio show. And we were in sort of in line to create a whole women's talk radio network. And that went away. Like, they there was a global financial crisis. They pulled the plug on that. That thing but messed up a lot. It really yes, did. Right. That stupid global financial right. crisis. <laughs> Bad timing. <laughs> but but now podcasts have taken care of any any of that. You can search one thing and you can find 100 shows that are going to fill that niche. I think it's amazing and fantastic. I yeah, love I it. mean, one of our slogans is stay noisy. And it's, we just really feel like women should speak up about whatever is of interest to you. I know that there are podcasts about knitting. I also know there are plenty about politics and there are some about sports and yours about money is great, you know, because money is a super hard thing to talk to people about. And you don't necessarily sit around and talk to your friends about your financial issues. It's, it's sort of the last taboo in a way. You can talk it really about. Is. Almost anything except for... And some really inappropriate things that maybe you shouldn't talk about. <laughs> you shouldn't talk about. You know, yes. maybe yeah. you should be talking about money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we talk about business on our show. A lot. We, have, yeah. we have a segment we call the Bitter Business Bureau, and uh, which is just about things we see going on in the business world that we kind of have issues we with. We resent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that we resent. Everything from Wells Fargo duping all of their customers into fake, you know, accounts to when we see 18-year-olds making a billion dollars, we are resentful we resent of that. Well, too. everybody is, yeah. right? Let's just be honest. Let's be honest. But, you know, talking about money, you know, we, we talked about this on your your podcast episode of Satellite Sisters, where I was a guest. And, you know, if you could both share, I'd love some insight. You know, what has been your own money journey? Has has talking about money or money in relationship or money in career been something that has been difficult for you? Or is it something where, you know, maybe you've had a breakthrough moment and found a stride? Well, this is Liz. I'll go first. I've spent most of my career, besides being a Satellite Sisters, Satellite Sister, I've always been a corporate executive. So I ran marketing at Nike for a number of years, and then I ran marketing at the Oprah Winfrey Network and the National Geographic. So I've always had that happen. I've had this double life of corporate executive and Satellite Sister. And I got to say, I was well into my time at Nike before I really started to realize that the money thing was about so much more than just what was in your paycheck every week. Mm. For me, that was a big breakthrough moment. Like the, how much are you saving? How are you investing? I was in one of those rare but... um happy situations where there were stock options involved because I was a senior executive as a public co- at a public company. I literally had no idea what that meant at the time. And then there was a light bulb moment where I, I started to see how the pieces of like, I hate to use the word wealth, but that's what it yeah. is, right? How, how the pieces of that really do need to fit together as you move through your career. And but I was I was in my mid-30s before I really understood that it was more than just cover paying your bills every week. 
and you needed to think much more long term. So that's what it was for me. And I've always been single, so totally in charge of my own money. I don't have to explain it to anyone, which <laughs> which in a way is good, but in a way is bad, right? Because if you you know if you were sharing this money with someone else or you were pooling it with someone else's money, you would be forced to like say things out loud that I was never forced to say out loud. So that was there was a real turning point for me about that. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And this is Leanne. I am married. I have two kids. Outside of Satellite Sisters, I've been a freelance writer and producer my whole career, and freelance is the key there. Um, But I was definitely part of the generation that um, was really guilted about being a working mother. And so I think the light bulb went off for me when we had a guest on Satellite Sisters, Jill Conway, who was the president of Smith College, and she sat on a lot of boards uh, of big, you know, companies. And she said something that was so simple that took all the guilt about being a working mother away to me. She said, why would you turn over your financial future to somebody else? Like I had always felt a little bit bad about working and we were all supposed to go out, get educated, get great jobs and then quit when we had our kids because our husbands were going to support us. And when Jill said that, I was like, yeah, when you put it that way, Mm -hmm. it's pretty stupid because Mm -hmm. you really actually have no idea what is going to happen in the future. You don't know if you're going to stay married, if your husband's going to be able to continue to support you. You don't know if something tragic is going to happen or a long-term disability. And so completely turning over the financial security of your family, not just yourself, seemed crazy. And I would say that was a real light bulb moment for me. I never felt guilty again about going to work. I never felt guilty about having a job. You know, I just let go of all that, which is such a waste of time for women (laughs) to feel Mm -hmm. bad about that. It's hard enough being a working mother and trying to manage all that and this and that without also piling the guilt on top. Well, and I think that's so great that you share that story because, you know, a lot of a lot of my listeners are are younger, just starting their families. And a lot of the women do have to work. Some of the women are the are the breadwinners in the family. Yeah, many of your many. Yeah, that's that's like 45 percent now of your generation. And they're ambitious, by the way. It's not just a question of having to work. And they super have ambitions yeah. and drive and, and direction, which is great. Yeah. You know, and, and I think society tells us, I mean, I've even battled this personally. Society tells us that, A, you have to be a mom and B, that you have to make a choice. You know, and I think that it's great that we're starting to have conversations out loud about that. No, you don't have to be a mom mm-hmm. and B, no, you don't have to make a choice. You know, you can have a great career and still be a good mom. Yes, you can. And it's it's a really an ebb and flow, too. I think that's what I've learned of 22 years of working motherhood is some years you're going to work really hard and other years maybe your family gets top billing. And then it's always it's a constant flow. You're never going to solve here's what I'm doing for the rest of my life. It's It's a constant flow of up and down, in and out, moving around, finding the career that fits you. But you should always have the ability to make money because you just don't know what's going to happen in the future. And There's I've, so many unknowns. So many unknowns. Mm-hmm. So You know, thinking back to that Jill Conway interview, yeah, and it, it reminded me another thing that she said to us, which always stuck in my head. And, you know, women hear this all the time. She said, sometimes people, but particularly men, say to me, you're so lucky your husband supports your career, like wants you out there in the world. And she said, I always say to them, I'm not lucky. I picked him. 
He didn't right. just fall from the sky. Yeah. It's not like, oh, right. yay, okay, good. Yeah. It didn't let this turn out. No, it's – and again, this is about women choosing being able to articulate what they really want to get out of their lives and choosing a partner, if that's what they want, who is going to work with them on that. And that Cheryl just – Sheryl Sandberg said the same thing about her late husband. Yes. It was the same, the same thing. Like that was a partnership that they agreed to beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does it does make a difference, yes. you know? Yeah. Yes, it does. And, and I, it is your choice. You it know? is. That's the main thing. And it's not any, it's not, not your good. mother it's, and it's not your mother in law's choice. Yeah. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. It's not. Okay, friend, I wanna know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. I'm sorry, but I have the best dog ever. Her name is Winnie Stardust. She is a mini golden mountain doodle, full of life, and I would do just about anything to keep her happy, healthy, and safe. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family and you want to do the best for them, but vet bills can really add up. We jokingly keep telling Winnie she needs to get a job to pay for her vet bill. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customized accident and illness plans making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping to ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you are least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. 
That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independent American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer, is not engaged in the business of insurance. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Well, I love that on the Satellite Sisters, you know, you talk about this motto, this mission of staying noisy. You know, we're in a a place right now in society where women are having a voice, whether it's in the home, in the workplace. You know, it's still obviously not where it should be. But, uh, you know, the conversation is beginning to happen. What would you say to female listeners, especially younger female listeners that are trying to figure out, you know, how can they be a trailblazer? How can they stay noisy uh, in their career, in their life, um, you know, and really feel like they're participating in creating change? The Putting the pressure on yourself to be a trailblazer, that's I a think, lot. I is know, a lot. Me. So me, I would stay away from that word. Here's the advice I would give, and this is Liz. Just be your true self. That's what you need to be out out in the working world and in your family and in civic life. Like the things that are important to you, do them. 
Speak about them out loud. If you need to change something that is not working, then yes, then to the barricades. And all of those things have to do with really knowing what you want your life to be, what do you want the the quality of your community to be. We talk about that a lot on Satellite Sisters, that sense of connection to each other. How do we support each other that way? So it's just finding your true voice. And when I think back about mistakes I've made, say, in my business career, in almost every case, Shauna, it's because I didn't say what I really thought. Mm. I was trying to, like, figure out, like, okay, what needs to be said here? You know, you sort of spend your life reading the room. Like, I'm so over that. I'm just <laughs> totally 100% over that. My, yes. I realized I am just, like, really? After all these years I've learned Nobody else really has anything smarter to say anyway. You know, like, I'm not necessarily wrong. I should just say what I really think. And that would be my number one piece of advice. Say what you really think. I mean, within reason, of course. Well, and, you know, that's great advice because what's the worst that could happen in your career? Yeah. Maybe you're fired. Worst case scenario, right? Yeah. But but the likelihood of that happening, maybe not so great. Yeah, I mean, use some judgment, obviously. Sure. But, you know, your ideas are valuable. Right. Your voice is needed. Those are the two things that people need to understand. It's not, don't wait for an opening in the conversation until somebody turns to you and says, so, Leanne, what do you think the, you know, forward plan should be? Nobody's going to do that, right? right? You just have to... Barge into the conversation. I would also say, just specifically in the workplace, you know, find your people. Find a support Mm -hmm. team, you know, the people in your organization that you have in common and support each other and stick with them. And, And your job shouldn't make you miserable. No. If you're really miserable, look for another job. I mean, Liz Liz can speak about that in a better way. But <laughs> your job, especially when you're young, your job should be fun. Like yeah. you should be learning. It should be fun. It sh- you should be surrounded by people you enjoy going to it work with. It can be hard. It can be hard. Yeah. The hours can be long. You're going to have, and again, crap months where you're just like, why am I doing this? This is terrible. But the end result at the end of the year should be growth and fun and engagement with people that you like. So I think having support around you, you know, befriending some of the people you work with, particularly the women, but not always you need everybody, but supporting each other. I think that's important, too. I also do a, a workplace advice podcast that in season one was called I Hate My Boss oh, because yes. that's so frequently articulated. But season two, it will be called Safe for Work. And uh, But really what I do there is give advice to people about how they can find more satisfaction in the workplace because you are going to have a long working career and not every boss will be great. Not every job will be great, but you need to figure out – as. As you always say on your podcast, like, what is really going to make you happy? What do you want to get out of your life? And just keep yourself pointed towards that, even though sometimes the path can be a little bit rocky. And almost everything about satisfaction at work, I find, has to do with more of the EQ side of things than the IQ, right? It's not, are you smarter than the next person? It's more, do you have the people skills to relate well to the people you work with, to be a good leader, to learn to be a good leader? All of those are EQ things, not IQ things. Yeah. So how how do you how do you figure out if when you're in the workplace, if it's a, one of those, you know, like you said, Leanne, like a few months where it's just crap, you mm-hmm. know, versus this is not the right job for me. How do you begin to to figure that out, if, especially if this is your first job? 
I've only I, I've been a freelancer for so long. <laughs> almost, almost everything I do has that ebb and flow. <laughs> I'll work with me. Oh, we're doing a collective project. Oh, okay, okay. I'm going to go write a novel now. So because I don't want to talk need, to anyone for a year. <laughs> so I'm going to let Liz take this. <laughs> Leah and I were talking about something yesterday that was a work thing that she has going on, and she said to me, "You know, it's like a collaborative writing project. I hate those. <laughs> so it's like, I can't stand." Well, I would just pick up on one thing you said. You said uh, if it's not going well for a couple of months. You know, I think you kind of have to take the long view about these things. I'm not telling anyone to suffer for years in a bad job, but in a couple of months, you know, you really need to start thinking about then what can you change? What is within your power to change in your workplace? And sometimes you might have to suffer through a year of a really crappy boss, you know, that happens a lot. Like one of the main things you're not in control of in most conventional work environments is who you're reporting to. And you look at the the workplace environment out there now in the world, there's so much change. So you can have a boss that you love and you're highly motivated and you feel like your work is appreciated. And then boom, you, you end up with someone new you need to report to. You're smiling like, you know, you know, this happens all this is not within your control. So sometimes you just have to let it ride a little bit and and not necessarily take direct action, but take the long view. You're going to be working for decades and decades. Long, long. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've got millennials, you know, they're going to live until their hundreds, well into their hundreds. So. I so don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that is a long I know, time I know. So, so, yeah, the bad news is not every year is going to be great. Right. You yeah, know, period. Uh, right. That's yeah. why having things, other things going on in your right. life that are creatively meaningful to you. When we started Satellite Sisters, a lot of it was that for me. You know, I was running marketing at Nike, but I was always thinking, like, why, why aren't there any women on the radio? So, but that's <laughs> right. So you here we are. That, here we are. You solved that problem. I'm not sure I solved it. I solved it. <laughs> but here we are. We're still here. So you've <laughs> had so many different evolutions already of the Satellite Sisters. You know, what does the future look like? You guys have any like big goals for the Satellite Sisters? Well, I want to go on a Viking cruise. So <laughs> wow. I'm just hoping that I'm they, right there with you. They underwrite the show at some point. <laughs> I mean, that would be awesome. <laughs> I feel like I deserve that. Um, you know, I. I think we're excited sort of for a new phase of podcasting for us because people are learning to find them, learning to listen. There's such a community now around podcasting. That's given us a new energy. Yeah, And we're kind of carrying through that. It is also exciting for us to see this next generation. And and we were trying to figure out how we're going to make that work for us and how we're going to incorporate younger voices into what we do, but also younger listeners into some of our material. So, I mean, that's from a creative standpoint, we're constantly thinking about that. Yeah, the last book we did is called You're the Best, A Celebration of Friendship. And it's about the importance of friendship in women's lives. And what we did, and when I say we, I mean Leanne, because she's in charge of all of our writing projects, all of our books, is we added our Satellite Sisters Next Gen into the book. So daughters, nieces, daughters-in-law also contributed to the book. So we have voices from 16 to 60, all with the Satellite Sisters you know, experience vibe, Mm -hmm. but, you know, sort of talking about where they are in their teenage life or first job or like how to give a great toast at a wedding. It's a wide range of things. And that is, and Leanne's right, it's super exciting for us to think about Satellite Sisters' voice across multiple generations because women really 
depend on each other to, you know, we call our show a pep talk. And it's because that's what women go to their friends for is a little bit of that pep talk. Like, okay, what do you need? Let's figure this out, you know, and some inspiration and some some laughs. Well, that sounds exciting. Thank you both for being on the podcast. I feel like we could talk for hours. (laughs) So tell listeners where they can go to check out Satellite Sisters and get connected. You can definitely go to SatelliteSisters.com. That's the the straight up easiest place to go. And there are all kinds of connections there. We have a Facebook page. We have a Facebook group. We're on Twitter at Sat Sisters. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Stitcher and Spotify. Yeah, whatever podcatcher you use to listen to Millennial Money, just go go back to that. Enter, type in Satellite Sisters and subscribe to us too. And we we come out once a week, and we have a very very deep archive. So just as Liz and Leon talked about staying noisy, that is what I'm going to echo to you. Whether it's in your personal finances, whether it's in your career, in your relationship, whatever it may be, you know, now is the time to make positive changes to really figure out what you want your life to look like. I know that's something I talk about on this podcast a ton when it comes to your finances, but I feel like there just aren't enough people talking about that, you know, and sharing that your journey and your path can look completely like a squiggly line, you know, like it almost doesn't even make sense how sometimes you feel like you're rolling in the money and then other times you feel like it has all evaporated from you and you don't know where to turn, you know, and I I think we need to talk about that more. We need to talk about the struggles and the success that come with personal finance, but more than just giving you a checklist of things that you should do or not do with your money, I really think it's about helping you figure out what you want your life to look like. What is that plan that you have? It doesn't have to be set in stone. It's going to change a million times over, but what is that vision that you have for your life, not anybody else's? And then how can you make those changes in your finances, in your career, in your relationship, in your thinking, all of these different areas of your life so that you can bring those along with that that vision and really create a roadmap for yourself so you don't get so sidetracked, so you aren't on social media looking at what somebody else is doing and feeling insecure or inadequate or like you don't belong or you don't have a voice or you don't have a place at the table. You know, it's been the most powerful shift that has been made in my life. And if I can echo that over and over and over and over again to you until you find your true self, until you find the place where you can stay noisy, I will continue to do that. You can check out the Satellite Sisters on all of the links that they mentioned there on iTunes, Stitcher, every podcast player. I'll have the links to their show in the show notes. I'll also have a link to the episode that I did with the Satellite Sisters so you can hear a little bit more about my own story. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Shauna Game. And if you love this podcast, hey, do me a favor, share it with your friends, subscribe on their phones, subscribe on their iTunes players, and head on over to the link in the show notes to leave us a five-star review. 